My name is Roseanne BC and I'm a certified health coach uh, with the company called Optivia. I'm a coach because I love helping people transform their health and their lives. There's a couple different plans. Um, it's safe for a lot of different people and a lot of different ages um, and places in their lives. I have so many clients that have had such great success and there's a portion of the program that is you get your health coach you get the products, but you also get a community of people who are there. So we do Zooms every Monday night um, nationwide. And if people want to get more involved with other people on the same journey as them, then they can join in and have that kind of support. The website you can reach me at is sacredrosehealthandwellness.com. And um, you can email me from there, or you can book um, a virtual coaching session there where we can get your health assessment started and get you moving in the right direction. The game is being played, and I don't think people are buying it. They say words like radical and extreme, and they think people are dumb as shit. They say words like ban, restrictions, and reproductive rights. They, they are using scare tactics, but they will lose this fight. When crime comes too close and it knocks at your door, the feeling of dread means a little bit more. If you ask the people, no matter the stats... They don't feel safe. They feel like gnats. If they go outside, they could get swatted. And think about this. How many crimes go unsighted? Now, I want to mention a few names worthy of note. Tulsi is one, but I don't think it will sway the vote. It may not mean a lot to the party she did flee, but it is still a statement that voters did see. Then there are names such as Kelly, Cuellar, and Hobbs. Three Democrats that would like to keep their jobs. So they broke from the party and had to speak the truth. The border is open. It's a turnstile booth. I have to take a, take a break from all the political mumbo-jumbo to recognize the brave men that died days ago. They responded to a call to try to keep the peace. In just one second, lives were changed as they fell deceased. Welcome to Divided We Stand. I am Jim Batiste, and that man over there is Joe Aguirre. So I wanted to start out with that because I wanted to get it. Uh, I think it needs its uh, attention. It's just attention from us. But uh, it's a little somber, and then we'll pick it up from there, all right? We'll, go, we'll start low, and we'll bring it up high. How about that? I like that. So uh, for those that... I don't know who doesn't know by now, but the police officers that were shot in an ambush-style attack in Bristol one week ago, I think it was. Um, yeah, that... I mean, so I just want to say this on a personal note, and then, uh, Joe, I'll get your take on it, all right? Uh, so I'm somebody that actually said goodbye that 
meant it. That never that said, you know, that thought it, it was the very last time I was going to say it again. Right? I had to do that twice in my life. Only twice. These guys do it every day. Cops do it every day, not knowing if that is the last time they're going to say goodbye to their wife and kids. That is the very last time they're going to kiss their wife and kids goodbye. And I think we got to remember that when we talk all this stuff on both sides of the aisle, no matter what party you are, that we need to we need to take a minute and reflect on that when we start bringing these police into our political games. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, I want to pay tribute to those men and uh, say uh, God bless their families and our thoughts and prayers are with them. So. All right, I'm going to tell you a few things. Number one, um, you know, I, I had actually worked with uh, uh, now Lieutenant Dustin DeMonte uh, at, a, at a big charity event in Bristol every year uh, for a few years, and he was a really cool dude. Um, just really well-respected and, and loved in that community. And the kind of guy who, Jim, and this is something I say, and it's so weird uh, leading up to this happening, I was talking a lot about, you know, the police accountability bill in, in Connecticut's a big deal. And the other big thing is domestic violence is on the rise. And I realize in the aftermath, we now learn that it was a, a fake domestic violence call to set up an ambush. But 57 percent increase in domestic violence calls in Connecticut since the pandemic. Um, and those are two things I was talking a lot about. And I talked a lot about the idea of these cops are human beings. And, you know, you know, I, I, I'm critical of the police at times. Not, not guys like Officer DeMonte, or not, like I said, Lieutenant DeMonte, who was uh, posthumously um, uh, promoted, as was uh, now Sergeant Hamsey. Um, and by the way, you know, just from a badass tactical standpoint, uh, Officer Arado is an absolute hero one shot homeboy got hit in the leg saw his two comrades go down circled around that house got to his vehicle realized he'd been shot freaked out for a hot second don't blame him and came up on his vehicle lined up one shot and took that son of a bitch out one shot one kill a hero 100 percent a hero yes sir I say all the time, look, dude, these guys, this is the hardest job in the world to be a policeman. The standards have to be really high on policemen. And again, you know, having having worked with Dustin DeMonte, uh, I work with a lot of police officers in, in Connecticut, Don Crabtree, Rob Rickaband. These are not only outstanding police officers, and I mean great at their jobs, but these are guys who I see at charity events in the community everywhere I go. And it never ceases, Jim, to amaze me that, I mean, these guys, if they just put in their 40 and, and that was it, you'd be like, hey, these guys are such a great, you know, they're such great contributors to society. But to think that in their spare time, they also give and give and give and are so involved in their community. One of the beautiful things about Bristol, for people who don't know, this went back to 2015. There had been some incidents uh, of racism with the police in Bristol. And they reached out to the civic leaders. My buddy worked at the NAACP there. Um, 
and they said, look, you know, we were introducing community policing to Bristol. We want to like make amends. We don't want to be the enemy. And that's where this whole idea, uh, Jim, came from for the, uh, the softball tournament. The police union paid for the whole thing. And my buddy and, and some of the firemen, they, they planned the whole thing out with some teachers and stuff. And like, that's the kind of stuff we need. You know, it, it's like, right. So let's, we can, we should talk a little bit about too, what we do. Uh, you and I now both yeah. are working on conservative radio stations. <laughs> I'm not a conservative. And so you could imagine they hate me. You're on a different station. Yes, I am. And they love you. And they do. And we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> because here's the thing. You know, look, I play it very down the middle on that radio station. I don't give my opinion. Oftentimes, I'm ticking off stats from the latest Siena or Monmouth Pole or Quinnipiac. And people get pissed at me. And I'm like, I, I'm not. I'm not making this up. I'm reading factual information from a poll. What is wrong with you? And here's when I figure it out, Jim, right? Like people have their, what they view as their way of life, the way things ought to be, right? And anything that deviates from that, they're very uncomfortable with it. Um, Uh, again, the police mess up sometimes. There's some bad policemen. There are bad politicians, right? There are bad NFL players. There are some seriously bad Republican candidates. And I can't stress to people enough that when I'm talking about the police officers, I'm like, I'm talking about the bad ones. And it's yeah. a handful. Right. There's a big thing going on with the, the Connecticut state troopers right now. It's like uh, four cops are at the are the focus of this investigation. They were like writing fake tickets or whatever uh, or documenting tickets, but not actually doing the stops or whatever the nonsense is. It's a small group of people and people freak out thinking you're insulting the, the, the whole summit. It's like, nope, like. When I'm criticizing the police, you know, people like DeMonte are in my head. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a select few. When I'm criticizing Republican candidates right now, I'm talking about Herschel Walker. I'm talking about extremist candidates like J.D. Masters, people that even a Republican should be a little bit afraid of. And again, I think people need to listen and focus the bad people. The bad gun owners, the people that are using abortion as birth control, those are the people who are the problem. Those are the people who we're talking about when we criticize and, 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 and whatever, certain people, groups, whatever it is. And I think people have to like stop taking everything so personal. Right, we we you say it all the time on right. the show. You and I are it's such a perfect example of you know, Jim. At the end of the day, uh, you know, when when people are like, "How are you friends with Jim?" Like, I, I that that should drive you mad. And I'm like, dude, you want you want to know funnier? Jim doesn't do any of the things that I'm upset about. The politicians do. Whether Jim defends it or not, that's fine. We're having a conversation about it. But Jim. Jim didn't overturn Roe v. Wade. They didn't ask him. 
<laughs> he didn't get a he didn't get a vote that day. So I don't blame Jim for that stuff. It's just we see things differently and we're happy to talk about it. That's cool. We're even on competing radio friends. stations, Joe. Yes. <laughs> Tell everybody why they love you at your radio station. You're killing it. Oh, they 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 love me. I'm not really on the political aspect. I don't talk politics, right? Uh, that's that's my uh, uh, my host, the host show. I'm just the producer there, and uh, they love me because I'm a retired marine. I mean, I, as soon as I said that, they were all like, they they were calling up, thank you for your service and stuff. That's I mean, it was great. great, and I you know, and I really appreciate our callers. I really do. They're very nice to me, and uh, they're very. There's a lot of them that are very. Uh, right wing that we have oh dude you want to hear a funny story yeah it's like once a day <laughs> right it's maybe it maybe it might be three times a week we have this guy calling in the show and he's a leftist and i put him right on <laughs> because him and gary get heated and i love it it's good radio to me it really is and he's just like oh i you know he's so far left too you know and he just bat he tries to bash us so hard and we're like we're like you like what in the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't remember ever saying that I want right? federal bans on abortion. Like, that that wasn't Jimmy. That, I didn't say that. You know? I'm like, why are you yelling at us? I must say about three times a show, like, stop attacking the messenger. <laughs> Funny. Uh, let me tell you real quick, right? So I started having Laura Devlin on. The lieutenant gubernatorial candidate to Bob Stefanowski, his running mate, for anybody who doesn't know, here in Connecticut. They were getting killed in the polls, right? They were down 15 in the polls. 17 they, at one point. 17, right? Um, it was double digits. It didn't look good. All of his ads are dumb. It's, it's like, Ned Lamont sucks. Vote for me. I'll fix Connecticut. And it's like, well, I don't know, Bob. That's not really selling it, man. <laughs> And here's the thing, Jim, you know, I'm a Republican. I'm still registered Republican and Facebook, as far as Facebook knows, I want to see messages from Trump. I want to see messages from Bob Stefanowski. That's what Facebook thinks of me. It shows me Ben Shapiro videos. Uh, when I go to the, I yeah, get those. It, Facebook is like, this is a Republican. He likes Ben Shapiro here. We'll, we'll suggest this video. And then I'm like, but, and, 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 and that's fine. But I see all these ads, and I see even from the people that kind of support him, they were like, why are you so negative all the time? You don't have to convince me to hate Ned Lamont. I already do. What are you going to do to fix things, or what are you right. going to do to make things better? And so I had Laura Devlin on, and the very first thing I said to her after I thanked her for coming was, you guys are running a terrible campaign. Your ads are too negative. And I get a lot of feedback from people that are like, why doesn't Bob just talk about himself? Why doesn't Bob explain how he, it's always attack ads. And that's really turning people off. I told her and she appreciated it. The next time she was on, she's like, you're going to love the new ad that we have. And it's a little corny. It's Bob. They're making fun of Bob being referred to as an extremist. It's him and his wife and daughters. And they're like, you know, he's extremely amazing. He's extremely cool. He's extremely tall. He's extremely <laughs> handsome. It's hokey, but it's, you know, I, I was saying on air today, Jim, you know, uh, over the weekend, reeling from uh, Officer DeMonte and Officer Hamzi getting whacked in that, that ridiculous ambush, uh, a friend of mine passed away Wednesday evening. 
uh, very unexpectedly at 44 years old. And my wife was like, just take this weekend and chill. And there was a lot of football, college. There was there was uh, NFL football, baseball playoffs, uh, a, 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 an MMA event. I, I was all set. I got to tell you, dude, every four minutes when it went to commercial, it was some nasty attack ad. Yeah. I as couldn't get away from it. Yep. The only one I saw that wasn't negative was that stupid Bob ad. <laughs> with the wife and daughters and i honest to god i've kind of grown to appreciate that when i think it's the best one there is right now because it's it just shows the guy kind of being human and just sort of poking fun at at his record kind of being spun unfairly i think yeah um but yeah here's the other big thing jim i keep saying especially the conservative audience and it's mostly a conservative audience you get the occasional liberal i know it's a liberal and they're like you're doing a great job and i'm like you voted for biden got it (laughs) um (laughs) you can just tell um i keep telling this audience listen you should expect more from your politicians. You should expect them to be honest with you, to be straight with you about things. And they get mad at me for that. And I'm like, guys, you've been conditioned to be lied to and to like it. And I'm saying, let's stop that. Let's at the very least, let's ask these politicians, because listen, I think part of the the uptick in violence in this country is 100%, and I think you'll agree with this, and you could take the reins from here, I think it's very tied into the rhetoric that you're hearing from these two these two parties where the liberals are like, they're all racist. They want to take us back to the 1850s. And, you know, the right, right is like, the liberals want to destroy America and make us. It's like, shut up. You're both yeah. so stupid. Just stop yep. it. Yeah, you know what? It's a great segue to what I have written down next, Joe. So I really appreciate and you didn't even know that. I'm a professional. <laughs> you didn't I don't did you know that that I was going on to the uh I was gonna try to bring it a little more local right now and talk about the Stefanowski and Lamont that you know I was gonna make it a national topic, but use a, a very local example, yeah, which was the rhetoric, right? Yeah, so you've had Bob on your show. Yeah. I've had Bob on my show. I've sat two feet from the man when he says, uh, what are you talking about? I'm pro-choice. Right? But I just watched a commercial last night. Last night. Now, I haven't had Bob on the show in like a week and a half, right? Two weeks. When he said this, right? I'm not going to try to overturn any kind of codified law, which is already in Connecticut. It's like, why would I do that? Yep. Right. But then the ad last night is I'm Ned Lamont and Bob's an extremist. He's going to take away your rights and he's going to. And I'm like, why? Like, why would you lie? Like, flat out lie. What, number one is not even on the minds of most people right now. That's not mm-hmm. the number one topic. Right. So I think the Democrats are, you know, walking off a friggin' plank on that one there. Yeah. I mean, when. Okay, guys, it's really bad when I agree with Nancy freaking Pelosi. When she says, guys, we, we got to take a timeout on this abortion stuff because it's not what's most important to people right now. Yep. Right? But here we go. I mean, how much Ned Lamont is spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, to lie on television. 
Yes. Like, I don't understand that. So I, I, I appreciate 100% that we need to expect more out of our politicians. And every time we vote these idiots in, we lower the bar. That's all we do. Right. That's what that's not what we should be doing as responsible citizens that make up the government of the United States that vote these these chuckleheads in. Right. That's not what we should be. We should be taking responsibility going, hey, why are you lying? Calling these people out on it. Why? Like, like if Ned Lamont ever came on the show, I would ask him. Jim, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Sometimes your side, sometimes your party screws the pooch. Oh, 100%. I'll never never deny that. Right? You're there. I find most people are not. Right? The same people that are like, put Hunter Biden in jail. I'm like, well, Trump too. And they're like, no. And it's like, dude, listen, let's break it down like this. Anybody who breaks the law or abuses their position of power should be prosecuted. You want to be consistent on that. Uh, Our afternoon host actually gave props to Susan Bysowitz, who he's not necessarily a fan of, the lieutenant governor of Connecticut. It was revealed last week that Bob Stefanowski is taking consulting money from the Saudis. He's working on like a green city city of the future thing or whatever and he's been consulting got millions of dollars for it and then we find out connecticut the state itself has 22 million dollars of its money invested in saudi arabia and they asked susan bisowitz should the state sell off its 22 million dollar investment and to her credit she said yes yes we should we should just invest that 22 million somewhere else Right. If you're going to criticize Bob for taking Saudi money and the state is taking Saudi money as a whole. Kind of again, to be consistent, the right answer is yes, it's wrong in both in both cases. That's the way people need to approach politics. You can't there you go. You can't just throw a pass to your party. There you go. It's we called accountability. It's, and and you know who it's on? It's on us. Yeah, man. So. Absolutely, one hundred percent, and that's where November eighth. Like, I know it's been said a million times, right? I know it's been said every election cycle. It's been said, and how important this election is, and how important this election is. Most important election of our lives, right? Absolutely. Well, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the most important election of our lives. All they I know say is that every every two years, this is the exactly. most important election. Of I our do lives. know that I'm, this I'm, one. I'm not buying it anymore. <laughs> I do know that this one is is, is pretty important. Right. This is this is some pretty important election here, right? This could set policy that's going to be extremely difficult to overcome in the future that could be catastrophic. Right? This could be and and I'm not talking just, you know, socialism and democracy and republic. I'm not even talking that. I'm talking just straight policies. Right? Policies already have been put in place. It have been detrimental to this country, right? Uh, the the ethanol policy that Biden put on the uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but I was I, I heard about this from a CEO of a uh, oil company that the policy on the ethanol that Biden put in place when he took office made it eight times expensive to make that gas, 
So, of course, the prices are going to go up. The cost of the gas companies more money to make that gas. They're going to have to make prices go up. So when the reporter asked, well, what can we do to fix that? He goes, all Biden has to do is take that policy out and the gas prices come down 30 cents today. Today. One stroke of the pen. He's like, just take that policy out because it's so much cheaper for us to make to re- refine the gas. We can charge 30 less cents a gallon today. Why? Why, why isn't he doing it? Well, I, just I, mean, looked it up. I just looked it up and he did. He just didn't wait. Ah. all rule in a bid to lower gasoline prices. Yep. When did he do that today? Uh, I don't see a date, but yeah, it's he's like there. Yeah, see, look, he should, he needs to hire me. I I, I knew about that. Yeah, most gasoline sold at 10 percent uh, ethanol. They will issue an emergency waiver to allow widespread sale of fifteen percent ethanol blend. Yeah, good. That, that'll lower prices. Well, again, right? Price. Look, here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing to point out. Like Joe Biden is not dumb. No, so here's the other thing I want to point out. Why did he wait freaking 29 days to an election? Well, we could uh, have been I'm, doing this all summer. I'm literally going to explain that to you. Oh, it's okay, this, see, listen, it's the same reason he go didn't on. do anything that codify Roe v. Wade. Boom. He promised he was going to do student loan forgiveness, and he waited till about six months before the election, Boom. five months before the election Truth to do mom. that. They just boosted Social Security payments by 7% for next year, just before the election. Could have done that last year. Could have done that right when you got in office. All of these things, Jim, are a 1,000% designed to boost their chances in the election. They peaked too soon. Roe v. Wade, June 25. They were riding it right through September. They were killing it at the polls. You saw the numbers swing from, you know, 4% Republican to 4%. Well, it's back the other way, 5% now towards Republicans, 49-44. They peaked. I think everybody feels like abortion's going to work itself out. The most interesting thing I read this week, Jim, was a 32-point swing with independent women. In the middle of September, independent women were pulling for Democrats 14 points over Republicans. It's now plus 18 for the Republicans. A 32-point swing. Most of the women who talked in this in this study basically said the same thing. I'm very pro-choice, and it's very important to me. But I'm also worried about getting through this winter paying my heating bill, being able to put food on the table. I'm more concerned about that right now. Here's the other thing. When those polls came out showing Stefanowski getting killed, showing Blumenthal with a a, a like 20-point lead over Leora Levy, the thing that struck me on, Jim, looking at that poll was if you looked at what people's main concerns were, at the time, abortion was in like the 20 percentile, but it was still economy, inflation, taxes. That has yep. not changed. What has changed is abortion has dropped down to about 5 percent with immigration. Again, we're only like hardcore lunatics care about immigration. Like that's not a big issue and people make it a big issue. And by the way, um, I'll point out the one thing in your open I completely disagree with. There were 2 million arrests 
at the border so far this year. If it, it's open, why are they arresting people? Wouldn't they just let them in? They there's two million people let in as well. No, there were two million arrests. The people no, no, that are uh, the people that are declaring asylum. Okay. And the people and being arrested those, at the border. Are those people in jail? Are those They're, people yeah. back but in understand, the country? Are they the 2 million people who got arrested are, are not the, are not the same people that are coming United into the country States. legally. That's why they were arrested. And where the are they place, now? Right, listen. Hold on. The only place that you can come into this matter, country. Joe? It doesn't matter if no, they're it does still matter. Listen, released the, into the interior of the United States. The only place you're allowed to legally enter the country is through the ports of entry. If you try to sneak in like the other two million did, you'll be arrested and then deported. But nobody's been deported. By the way, they've reinstated Title 42. I'm sure you guys aren't talking about that because that's well, a good thing and we don't want to give them any that credit. Was one of our, that was, well, not mine, but one of their Trump victories, right? Not that mine. Well, so again, right? Why is it a, tra- it, it, it's like if everybody thinks that's good for America and, and Joe Biden's reimposed it, then why, why not be like, you know what? Good for Joe Biden. That's a good move. Let's uh, go. I'll Brandon. tell you what. Like Here's that's. Why. We, right. But again, see what I'm saying? We should want to see the president do the right thing. And when he does something that you agree with, you have to suck it up and be like, hey, good job, man. I no, appreciate no. that. I agree with Joe Biden's remain in Mexico policy for Venezuelans. I do. But I think it should be across the board. I think him singling out Venezuelans is pretty racist. No. I'm just saying. Um, because if Trump did, hold on. Because Trump did it to one friggin' race, and he was the most freaking xenophobic, racist so, fucking person on the face so of the earth. What you no, need this to is understand why, is this is why we complain because what you need to understand standards. is, is no, right I don't now, even understand anything. Not, it's He's not Mexican, it's not Mexicans crossing okay. the border, it's Venezuelans, not Mexicans, it's hey, Venezuelans. That's why they're and that's why they're specifically well, but they're specifically trying to stop the flow of people from Venezuela. It's not okay. racist because they're oh, not is. a race. It's a country. And and there's a serious, I mean, it's a, I, I mean, mean China's a country you know, too, but it's what do you know about it's Venezuela? A, I mean, but it's still a yeah, country. But, but, but Venezuela, Venezuela is in huge trouble. They've got serious food shortages. Those people either die in Venezuela of starvation yeah, or you're misunderstanding because of the war. You're misunderstanding me. I understand that. I yes, do. I get it. Yeah. But why is everybody else in the friggin' world allowed in and not them? Why is every why is he singling out the Venezuelans? Shouldn't we be helping them more? Shouldn't Probably. we be allowing more in instead of making them remain in these awful, inhumane conditions in Mexico? Because Mexico ain't helping them. You know that. Right. So well, nobody should ever want Mexico's help with anything. Oh Mexican Mexico's the most <laughs> corrupt government on the planet. I would rather deal with the government of Turkey than I would the government of Mexico. I think you have right. a better chance. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, that's... It's that's pretty cool. bad. But no, you're misunderstanding. All, I, I disagree with it. I don't think they should be left to remain in Mexico. I think because of their situation, they have front-of-the-line privileges, in my opinion. Right? Because it is an awful situation down there. And it, it's brutal. It's, it's inhumane. And what are we doing? We're making them travel. We're allowing them to travel 2,000 miles, sometimes more, to go right back to Mexico in those same conditions. And 
And by the way, just to let you know, right? Because I pulled this up. Where's my freaking piece of paper here? These, <laughs> these actions make clear that there is a lawful and orderly way for Venezuelans to enter the United States. And lawful entry is the only way, said Homeland Security. Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas in the announcement, he added that Venezuelans who attempt to cross the border without authorization will not only be returned to Mexico, but also ineligible to apply for entry into the United States in the future. Right. So go through a port of entry, declare asylum and come into the country legally, go through the process and you're fine. That's, That's all cool. they're asking for. That's right. But everybody else just gets a ticket and goes away. Go, goes to New York City, gets a bus trip ticket to New York City, Martha's Vineyard, or wherever. Right? So everybody yeah. else, except for, I don't care, right? Look at, I'm not saying not to do this. What I'm saying is the double standards got to go, because that's what is causing a lot of hate, a lot of division. Oh, big time. A lot of uh, animosity and yes. visceral towards one another, because we're like, no, screw you, you did that, but, you know, and, and it's just the double standards got to go, right? And this is where I was going with this whole thing when you're, but you're 100% right earlier when we need to start expecting more out of our politicians. We need to start uh, uh, raising the bar and holding them to account. And this is why I'm saying this November is so important because this November we can make a difference and we should, especially if you really, really care about abortion rights. This is your this is a your, your best opportunity to affect the state that you're in, right? And you should be thankful that Roe v. Wade got overturned because it didn't stop abortion rights. It just gave abortion right decisions back to the states. So now you are literally and you can literally impact your state on a smaller level because you obviously can impact it more on a smaller level than a national. So go out and vote this friggin' in, in 20 in 19 days and make a difference if you believe that strongly that abortion rights should be free willy-nilly go vote for that but if you don't go vote the other way if you believe gun laws and i'm not saying parties here joe no right? i just like that you said what was your what was that term willy-nilly willy-nilly <laughs> man. I, mean, I, I couldn't think of a better term all right i smoked a little weed before i came out i'm sorry. all willy-nilly i'm sorry but all look right. Uh, I That's wanted funny. to say one more thing before we take a break. I just got to find it. <sighs> you know what? No, I'm going to save it for later. Because I know, I think I know what you're going to talk about. So we're going to go to Joe's Two Minutes of Crap. Stick around. Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story. And that story begins in a home. 
Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.any-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at any-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Any Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender Broker Number, ML 338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License number 2011-28100. Call for additional details. All right. Prepare yourself for my little segment, Two Truths and a Vocab Lesson. 95 out of the 100 poorest counties in the United States are Republican states. Nine out of the 10 poorest states are run by Republicans. The states where federal aid provided the largest share of general revenue were Mississippi, Louisiana, New Mexico, and Arizona, all over 40%, as well as Kentucky. Eight of the 10 most federally dependent states are Republican. Seven out of the 10 least federally dependent states, Democratic, which suggests that overall Republican states are more dependent upon federal assistance than the Democratic ones. Virginia, Kentucky, New Mexico, and West Virginia get the most back from the federal government, raking in far more than they kick back. States with the greatest percentage of children living in poverty, Mississippi, Louisiana, New Mexico, West Virginia, Alabama, there's Kentucky again, Arkansas, and South Carolina. With all that federal tax dollars going into New Mexico, West Virginia, and Kentucky, how do they still end up on the top of the list for children living in poverty? This is socialism. These states need constant bailouts from the federal government to survive day to day. It's paid for by our tax dollars. We are literally subsidizing large swaths of the South. They hate socialism and they hate government handouts, but they would be bankrupt without them. They love their low taxes, but they don't understand why they have bad schools and kids living in poverty. The southern states love to rail about socialism destroying America. The only way that they survive is through democratic socialism. I know a lot of conservatives who say they'd like to be able to decide what government programs their dollars go to. I wonder how they would feel dumping millions of dollars into the states at the bottom of every measure of success. Education, affordable cost of living, kids in poverty, that's throwing good money after bad. The police department, fire department, the post office, town services, the library, those things, we enjoy them because of democratic socialism. We all support these institutions with our property taxes. Don't forget, FDR was a socialist. He saved the country from the Great Depression with social programs. Now, we've already allowed the bastardization of words like liberal and progressive. I guess we could throw socialism on that list as well. 
China, Venezuela, (laughs) Russia, and Cuba do employ socialism, but those governments are communists or dictators. We have a democratically elected government and a real bureaucracy that we complain about, but that is what ensures that governments don't infringe on our rights. It's also why we have a judicial system, one that's supposed to be impartial, or at least pretend to be. Look, the president cannot declare war. Only Congress can. You need a majority of 535 people. That power would be dangerous in one man's hands. And those people can override that man if they disagree with him. Social security, a system everyone pays into. I don't think I need to tell you what kind of program that is. It's socialist. Here's my point. Don't be afraid of a word. Words can be spun and meanings can as well. That's good stuff right there. Well done, Joe. Well done. Listen, here's the whole thing. I know so many people, dude, who don't realize all of the things that are socially run programs that benefit their everyday lives. I understand that people don't want bread lines and they don't want to live like people live in communist China or in Venezuela. Socialism has been bastardized to to mean like a bread line or the president throwing paper towels at Puerto Ricans. And that's not... That's not what socialism is. It's not what any, nobody wants the government to take over industry. That's not what anybody's talking about. And I just think it's important. Again, words have meaning, Jim, and they're important. I hate the idea that progressive is like a dirty word in this country. Someone who wants to take the country forward is looked at as a lunatic today. It's not right. I agree wholeheartedly. I do. Right. But I think when we, talk about socialism when we say the word socialism we need to put it into some kind of content right so what is the definition of socialism it's a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole well you know what joe there is no more community right the community can't control regulation so it would have to be the government in this in this case, right? Because it's such a large area. It's such a large country. Not people in New York are not going to agree with people in California and how many oranges get distributed across sure. the globe or Florida, etc. Again, right? no so one's on, talking please. about food so, distribution. No, no, no. But the, we're talking means of, of production here is what we're right. talking That's, about. That is, that is socialism that you would find in a communist government or socialism you would find with a dictator. Okay, I'm glad you said that. It's important people know that this the democratic socialism is different. Okay, I understand that. Now, however, do you know socialism has been tried in three other democratic countries? Uh, One of them, well, not not India so much, but the UK tried socialism after World War II, like true socialism, right? India tried it, and there's one other country that I want to mention, and this is kind of a joke. So don't 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 call me an anti-Semite here. But if any group of people could figure out an economic system, Israel would have been able to figure it out. They all abandon it within four or five years, every single one. Of them. And here's what the uh, uh, there was an article or in 
Heritage Foundation, Why Socialism? But I'll just, you know, it's a long article. I'll just give you the three main takeaways. Israel, India, and the UK, United Kingdom all adapted socialism as an economic modeling following World War II. Socialism is guilty of a fatal concept. It believes its system can make better decisions for the people rather than themselves. Number three, socialism has failed in every country it's ever been tried. So I understand your point that uh, 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 China, Russia, Venezuela, they're dictatorships, Cuba, they're dictatorships, right? And that's, I mean, that's horrible enough as it is, but to turn a dictatorship into a, a socialism dictatorship where now you have one guy controlling everything. That's a problem. That's a, that's a huge problem. That's Venezuela. And that's what you see in Venezuela right now. And that's why you have 2 million Venezuelans trying to mass exodus somewhere better. Right? Which I understand. And this is... So I hate it when people are like, oh, it's never been tried. No, no, no. It's been tried. It's been, it's been tried by at least two very not <laughs> dictator... Freaking, I mean, the UK doesn't It's have also been wildly Israel successful, though, in Canada, also in Finland and in Sweden and Norway. They all use democratic socialism. They uh, still they, have, they, they're not a true socialist country. Right. And right? we're not, we also don't want to be a socialist country. I, I don't know if I can bang that into your head any more than I already have. We're, we don't want that. We don't want the Marxism part of it. No yeah, one's in there. You know that. what? Every friggin' one that's tried it always said that. Yeah, but Canada's doing it quite well, as is Norway, Sweden, and Finland. They all they're use democratic socialism and it's going great. They have the they have the right. longest lifespans, they have the healthiest populations, they have some of the wealthiest people on the planet in those countries. They're wildly successful. They get living expenses. Everybody's educated because you can go to school and get paid while you're going to school. It's a really cool thing. I, and you it know, actually I was, made I, the quality of life better. Oh, by the way, the, the reason why we're off last week was because obviously the tragedy the week before that was because I was actually in North Carolina shooting a, a movie. Applause. Thank you. But yeah. anyways, on my way down there, I sat next to a lady from Canada. And this is what we talked about. Right? That's funny. A, a be- I straight up asked her, man. I'm like, do you come down here for health care? She's like, 100%. 100%. She's like, I, I, it was a mole or a cyst, I think she said. Yeah. Right. This she might be the most the anecdotal evidence I've ever seen in the history of the world. But yeah. So you're 100% right. You're 100% right. This is one story out of an entire nation. Yeah. Right. Hundreds of millions of that? people. Yeah. How many times have you heard that? And I've never heard it personally. So I straight up asked somebody and she's like, yeah, yeah it's it's impossible to get any kind of, you know, long term health care because the weight is just it's elective surgery that they there's, struggle there's to get other things. Are, well, it's not just getting that, a cyst removed. Right. It's not going to kill you tomorrow when people well, unless like it's cancerous and you still got to wait. Right. It's well, just it's not cancerous because they would. haven't diagnosed it as cancer. Right. But it could be cancer and you still got to wait. Yeah. Three months from now, it'll be fine. It won't have gotten that much bigger. Now, uh, there was one other (laughs) thing that I wanted to hammer you on here a little bit. Do it. And you mentioned FDR and the New Deal. Yes. Why does everybody tout this as like the greatest thing that ever happened? Because it saved the country from absolute failure. So let me explain something to you here. Do you know how the socialist programs and the New Deal were paid for? 
Do I know what they were paid for? Uh, How yeah. they were paid for? I think they were paid for with like a giant tax on the wealthy. Actually, it wasn't. It was an excess tax, a personal income tax, an inheritance tax, a corporal income tax, holding company taxes, and so-called excess profit taxes all went up. The most important source of the Green New Deal were revenue taxes, where revenue, Green New Deal revenue, were excise taxes levied on alcohol, beverages, cigarettes, matches, candy, chewing gum, margarine, fruit juice, soft drinks, cars, tires, including tires on wheelchairs, telephone calls, movie tickets, playing cards, electricity, and radios. Sounds yeah. kind of familiar. Taxes on the rich. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what it was. Because that's people the only people that, that buy. That's right. the only people that buy those things that I just lifted, listed. Well, so back in the again, back in 1930, again, yes. Today, again, we would laugh at that. Chewing gum was a freaking penny. It wasn't just the rich. It wasn't just a candy. It was not just for the rich. All right, rich. buddy. If you're, you you want to nitpick bubble gum, you think bubble gum and the one cent tax saved the saved America? No, it was taxes on radios and automobiles still and all sorts of affected things. Affected everyday lives of everyday middle class and lower class Americans. It it destroyed middle class America, just like what's happening right the hell now. Middle class America is kind of getting a little uh, gut punch because of all these inflationary things and inflationary costs. Because you know, only the rich buy eggs, only the rich buy have to put gas in their no, car. No, but now. only the rich sell only eggs rich. to the poor, right? What people that own that, farms. What does that have to do with it? People I don't that care own, about those people. people you that know own, what I care about, Joe? I care that my grocery bill went up four hundred dollars a freaking month. Right, that's what I care about. But you know what? But but, right, but the CEO of the grocery store is going to make thirty-five million dollars this year and get a bonus because he's got you paying more money. Again, you're you're misdirecting who the bad guy is here. I don't think you're that's capitalism is the bad guy here. Capitalism allows capitalism allows for people to jack up the price when they know you need something because you need it and they have it. And you know who does that? The wealthy. The government comes down and taxes the price. So everything's got to go up to meet this level. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Jim, it only does. It only does when greedy companies. Jim, it only does when greedy companies decide that they're going to make up for the tax by by passing it on to you. That's a dirty thing to do. You should be mad at those people for doing that. They're passing their tax burden on to you. They're passing their tax burden on to you, the consumer. And you're again, you're so accustomed to it. You're like, yeah, that's fine. No, I'm not. No I don't care, Joe. You know what I care about? Do you know? I the, have a right to do you make know money. the gas companies are still making money. record profits right now. Why does record everybody keep saying profits? That? Take the last. Well, you want to know why the price of gas is so goddamn high? Take you want to blame it on years. Joe Biden? And it's like, well, the the princess Saudi Arabia just made like another thirty million dollars this month. So maybe be pissed at them and 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 don't be pissed why at the people at who Saudi have nothing Arabia, to do with one. the price going why up or down. Be, why should we be pissed at Saudi Arabia? Why? Because they're jacking up the price of gas before an election to help Russia fund its war. So that's two good reasons. Do you need more? I could probably go on. They're a horrible human rights record on women. That's a third. Do you want more? I got more. How about the absolute poverty? That most people in Saudi Arabia live in. There's another good one. Well, I don't. Again, I don't understand why we're talking about Saudi Arabia. We're not. No, we're Saudi talking Arabia. about the wealthy. I don't care about. And Saudi if you're Arabia. wealthy, you probably have no. business dealings with Saudi Arabia. 
companies passing on their tax burden to the consumer is it only happens in capitalism. It's kind of a downer. Yeah, I, you know what? There's good you can disagree with that. Everything. Maybe you think that's a good thing about capitalism. There, I think that's one of the bad things. Everything, and I think capitalism has raised more people, more countries, more everything. Capitalism has also destroyed more people and more businesses. Other so we can either make people money and have people be rich and affect and you know give people more things to buy and make our lives easier right we can we we can do that we can still continue to do that right we can still make things our life our own lives easier right because nobody's going out and buying things well some people are maybe but i go out and buy things to make my life easier i assume a lot of people do that that's why we go out and we buy better vacuums that's why we go out and we buy better dishwashers. That's why we go out, you know, we do things to make our lives easier. Okay? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. I also do buy things like that to increase the value of my home. Okay, cool. So we're doing it for, you know, our own reasons. Right. To benefit us. Now, I'm not going out there making a better vacuum. I'm not going out there inventing a new electric car a new battery that's not who i am so i depend on people to do that for me just like everybody else in the freaking world that doesn't go out and make electric car batteries you see where i'm going with this so it's a supply we need these things yes we're going to pay for them hold on mm -hmm. that money gets turned back around to make that car battery i'm going to pull a joe biden to make that car battery better so it won't blow up so it won't cost $70,000 to replace. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So there's a benefit to making these companies profit. So it right. continues to make our lives easier. And so the way capitalism works, and so the way capitalism works is if that car costs $80,000 and you're poor, you don't have a car. Yes, but if a swimming pool costs But I'm just saying so, so capitalism I, I doesn't work for everybody. I don't understand your point there. Well, you're talking about supply and demand. And again, if you've got money or you've got means, well, you could do anything. You can get anything you want. If you're, you're talking poor, you participation can. trophy shit right so, now? No, I'm talking about poor people who can't afford things and are going to starve to death or freeze to death this winter. That's what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, the CEO of ExxonMobil is making like another billion dollars this month. You think that I, I don't know. I'm trying on? to wrap my head around how you're celebrating. Going to be cold. You hold on. Here's the is thing. Ned the you, going to be cold. You, is you he don't want to admit that there's. On you don't want to admit that there's a single downside to capitalism. Really? I, I mean, we've are. talked about I've this. I've already said there are downsides. I even the said Fed it is right. right the Fed has already explained that the way inflation is going to end is going to be devastating to the poorest people in this country. That's right? how the White House You can't have capitalism it. without some heads to step on. Just saying. It's not the be-all, end-all. It's not perfect. So let's stop pretending capitalism is. Let's I not pretend it doesn't it put perfect. millions of people out of business every year. Let's it not does. pretend that it doesn't lift people out of poverty every year, too. It also sends people into poverty. It's a kind of it's like a it's like a it's like a casino. So Sometimes you, you hit, and if you're if you're one of those people, Jim, that's willing to fail a bunch of times and you're a capitalist guy, you'll eventually probably hit it big. And if you've got the means to keep doing it 
like Donald Trump, you start with 10 million bucks, you should be fine. Not everybody has that opportunity is my point. That's the way capitalism is set up. It's the downside to capitalism. So it's a great system. No, I like capitalism. I do. Again, but that's why there's social safety, social safety nets. So that when people do fall, that they land somewhere soft and that we help them. That's why we have the problem. This is the crux of our problem right here. You like these social programs to help all these safety, these safety nets to help people when they freaking fall, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I will never say that's a bad thing to help people. No. Okay. Good. But the same time, the same people that it's there to help, it hurts because those are the same people that freaking pay for it. They can't afford to pay for them right now. You see what I'm saying? Everything is all, everything is going up. Every all taxes have gone up. But it's not like everything. the government's not so causing the prices to go up. Private entities are charging more money. Want, right. All these yes. social programs that we want to help and, and protect people, somebody's got to pay for it, man. And it's yes. not just going to be the rich. It's not. That's an, that's an impossibility. No. Yeah. The rich already pay about 80% of all the taxes that's right. anyway. That's, I understand that. Yeah. You, so the 20% more is going to make up that difference? No, it's it's not enough. You raise the corporate tax rate. There's you'll, not you'll enough billionaire money in this Oh, country. there is. To pay, to pay millionaire money debt, adds right? up really fast. It's kind of ridiculous. That. I do. Yeah. To pay for the national deficit, there's not enough, right? There's not um, enough. The money. national deficit's $31 trillion, exactly. bro. Even Bill so, Gates can't pay that off. None of them. That's what I'm saying. That's the yeah. point. That even combined, there's not enough money to pay for the debt. There, there just isn't. So what are we sharing? Why are we going to share... Well, we are sharing the national debt, and they remind us all the time each taxpayer is responsible for what about twenty two thousand dollars of it. Uh, yes, I like that because it's not just to clear that up. Right, we We do the national debt. We pay. We do share. We do share in the idea of whatever that debt is that we all equally share it in this country. We're all responsible for it at some point. We got a, a couple minutes left. Can I talk about Social Security for a second? Yes. It was saved. Social Security was saved. Social Security has been saved for the next decade. Do you want to know why it was saved for the next decade? Did the Democrats win the election? I didn't COVID. hear that. <laughs> COVID. Help me out here. What is the number one demographic that COVID killed? Old people. Who collect Social Security and no longer collect Social Security. So yeah. now there is more money in Social Security at this point well, than there has been in the past 60 years, which gives us enough money in there for the next decade. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> now, Here's hold on. The- I'm only saying that. Only, I'm only saying that. I'm half joking, right? Because this is the only conspiracy theory. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> eh. It was going bankrupt. We were getting a bad spot. Yeah. We knew we were funding Wuhan labs. Like, that's come out. We were funding labs in Wuhan, right? Whether we... We're funding that specific research. I don't I don't know. So my one conspiracy theory, and I'm half-heartedly joking here, guys. Okay? I'm, I am kind of joking that we released COVID to save Social Security, and the only way we could cover it up was to spread it to the whole world. Boom. There it is. There's my QAnon moment. 
actually, I don't even, I've never seen a QAnon episode, to be honest with you. I've, I've never even looked it up, ever. It is, uh, it is something else. <laughs> I probably should, huh? But by yeah, that's my way, one conspiracy theory. By the way, and I'm going to share this because I talked about this on the air today and, and somebody d- literally didn't believe me. So just so everybody can see this, the GOP plans on threatening the recession if they don't cut Medicare and Social Security. Kevin McCarthy was asked about cutting Medicare and Social Security, and his response was, can't rule it out. These guys have been working on Social Security for a really long time. They don't like the program. A lot of them want to privatize it. But you can bet if the Republicans take over, your Social Security and your Medicare is getting cut. And if it happens, like a year from now, you've been told and you've been warned. So there you have it. They're, they're, they're coming for it. George Carlin said it 20 years ago. They're coming for your Social Security and they're going to get it. And he was right. Man. For 20 years, they've been saying that. It's almost like the years. guns. It's yeah. almost like the guns. They're it's almost the like guns. Uh, Trump was going to end, you know, start World War III, put us in the nuclear Armageddon. Well, two more uh, thoughts, Jim, real quick. Out. Two quick last thoughts for me. Number one, um, my brother Please said to me the other Trump. day, my brother's a Second Amendment guy, and he said to me the other day, he's like, I know that's all bullshit now. They're not coming for the guns. We said that. I've he's said there. That. But he's, but my brother's there now, and I feel like, because my brother's not like a big news watcher, and I'm like, all right, good. I think it's starting to hit people. We're like, these people are just saying things, and that's not good. That's not good. That's right. I um, think people are waking up, Joe. The second thing, well, you said something earlier, and I uh, I wanted to comment on it, and I totally don't remember what it was now. Oh, we I'll get it smoke, next show. Smoking weed. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> Uh, it is, thank God. But, hey, you know what, Joe? I swear to God, you're 100% right with that whole gun thing. We've said it on the show. And all you have to do, if you don't believe us, is look at the last five gun laws that they've passed and tell me what they've done. Honestly, tell me. Nothing. Look at them. Tell yeah. me what they would have stopped. Tell me how they've helped. Nothing. Not a zilch. It's just rhetoric. It's just, hey, look what we did for you, gun guys. Woo! And it doesn't well, do anything. It's funny, too. When you look at the Republicans that, that signed on that bipartisan bill, they were all up for re-election. And they were all in swing districts where it made sense for them to do something. And that's the only reason that happened. They only, again, if the Democrats were really serious, they would have codified or attempted to codify Roe v. Wade. Immediately. Uh, Right after, yes, Malik. and they didn't. They thought this was going to be, uh, they thought this was going to be like their brilliant strategy. Again, strategy. Um, I talked to a, a reporter, Ingrid Jock, the other day from USA Today, who's done a whole bunch of uh, feature stories, including on. I told you about the Democrats were funding extremist Republicans through PACs yep. to knock out the moderates. And um, so I actually got to interview her the other day and I, I, I said to her, I go, you watch Handmaid's Tale, right? And she said, no, I haven't watched it, but I, I did read Margaret Outwell's book. I said, you know, it's funny. They don't explain how these crazy conservative extremists took over and they don't ever explain it, Jim. It just happened. And I said, because I've been thinking about this and what if what if the Democrats 
funded extremist conservative candidates and those candidates wanted to blew up in their face huh <laughs> and uh i told her she could use that going forward since she was the one that tipped me off to that even happening but dude if you look at where it's going right now wow you know i i, I know that everybody uh, a lot of people are like oh my god they're so extreme they're so extreme they don't i, I mean look it, it, it for all we have to do is deal with it for four years, truly, right? That's it. I know what I wanted to say. You mentioned this earlier, and you've made a really good point, right? Well, I don't remember actually now the context you said it in, but <laughs> so it might not said, have been a good point. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's why it jumped in my head. Yeah, I, I, something about uh, like the damage being done, like there's no going back. And all I could think of, dude, was. For four years, people were like, Trump has destroyed America. It, it, it's never going to be right again. And it is. It's fine. Like, he really, in the grand scheme of things, he really didn't do anything that wasn't totally reversible. And so here's what I would tell any any good Republican right now. No matter what Joe Biden does in the next two years. It's not like you won't be able to just redo that stuff real quick, like when you get back in power. Okay. Exactly. Let's let right like let's stop the the over like, oh my God, this is like Nazi. Shut up. You know, ask a Jewish person what Nazi Germany was like, you big baby. Thank you. You know, you know what? Thank you so much. And this will be my final closing thought tonight, Joe. That and you know, I only hear it on from the left. We get, you know, the people on the right get compared to Nazis all the time, right? And what was the latest one today? I, it was something so stupid that if they can, they, they can, somebody compared uh, righties that, God almighty, I can't remember. <clears throat> no, they're not going to open the Keystone Pipeline. But two anyways, real right quick, hold is, on, Frank. Two things. Number one, the Keystone Pipeline has never been closed, it's open. Uh, number two, the Keystone XL pipeline started in Alberta, Canada, and it dumps out in Mexico. It's not a domestic oil. It's and it's sand oil from Alberta. It's not the kind that you would even want to use in gasoline. I don't. I think it's such low standard. They don't even use it in America. The pipeline wasn't the issue. It was the fracking that was the issue. Right? It, it was no more fracking for natural gas. That was the issue. But. Back to Nazism, but and my point is this: we are lowering the bar of Nazis. Like pretty soon, Nazis are just going to be anybody that we disagree with. Like, really, really, you're you're gonna you're gonna uh, compare Adolf Hitler to a father who got upset about his kid. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, something yeah. that small, and they're like, "Oh, the Nazis are cut." Like how? Like Adolf Hitler is probably like, I'm not the most hated man in the world anymore. Whew. Yeah. Like, what is going on here, guys? Like, that is the dumbest comparison, and I honestly, honestly, honestly think it's a, it's starting to become a huge, bad point for the Democrats, because people are just like, if you're going to keep comparing everything to Nazism, you're just acting stupid now. Right now, you look stupid. That's like Adolf Hitler citizen yeah i mean like disagreement like i don't there's no comparison and people are really getting yep. sick of it man and people are getting pissed off that 
especially the Jewish people, <laughs> they're getting pissed off that they're making that they're like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? De elevating, de escalating the 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 escalating. They're de escalating the the harshness of of Hitler. I'll, I'll say right. Oh sure, okay, Hitler. I see what you're saying. Right on. Jim, yes. that's why I try to compare these people to like Idi Amin and Pol Pot, you know, guys who didn't quite raise to the level of Hitler. I try to keep it, you know, Ferdinand Mussolini. Marcos, a Fidel Castro like, you yeah. know, Mus yeah, yeah, I got you, I yeah. got you, but yeah, yeah but I, I am, I'm so sick. I heard it again today, and I wish I could freaking remember it right now, but I'm like, are you kidding me, guys? It was something so stupid, so dumb. And it might have been over the CDC vote, right? Uh, oh God, yeah. Okay, sure. I know. Yeah, I'm. I got you now. Yes, it, it, the whole thing is so dumb. People have to like again, just dial it back. Stop taking everything personally. Everything's not like an affront on your political views. Calm down, right? Let's exactly. stop. Let's stop exaggerating. Here's the other thing I, I I like to point out, dude. Look at those people in Ukraine right now. Like 30,000 kids, I think, or some not they have died. Over a hundred thousand Russian soldiers have needlessly been killed in that. And it's like, I can't say the N-word on Facebook. Like, if, if that's the worst <laughs> problem that you have right now, how many times have we said that, Joe? The United right? States, like our diamond shoes are too fucking tight. Like, our president doesn't seem to know where he is. Well, okay. I mean, he also could be a madman to like invading another country and sending your kids in there to fight. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen too, by the way. They 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 did that draft September 22nd and had some of those guys on the battlefield on the 25th. Yeah. That was like, yeah, like boop. There you go. I mean, those guys are Lambs to the slaughter, but okay. that's it, right. I mean, he's <laughs> just throwing numbers at you, like kill more of my men, and I'll send more. Eventually, you'll run out of bullets before I run out of like what? Is that your plan? Your plan is to just have him wipe out your whole military. You'll just keep sending. They'll just shoot them till they're out of bullets because we're the ones sending the bullets, and I don't think we're gonna run out anytime soon. Yeah, we don't run out. Jesus. All our bullets are made in Missouri. I got buddies out there. They're just pump <laughs> they're pumping them things out. I mean, you know, it's in the middle of the country. They love their bullets, so they're just that is crazy though, Jim. It's a gajillions at a time. That is crazy though. But again, I think people just have to sort of put things into perspective a little bit. They, there like, is no perspective. That you know, and that's no, a there's great freaking point. Our, our diamond yeah. slippers are way too tight in this country. You know, I've been to third. I've lived in third world countries. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know how harsh. It can be out there, right? I mean, I, you guys have no, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Now you're making me even more mad. I'm going to have to get off the show, go smoke a lot more weed because I'm just upset. And how just spoiled you made me realize this, the people of this country are honestly God. And I think we all need to take a step back, slap ourselves in the freaking penises and titties and just chill the fuck out and realize that people are dying and hundreds. We're about to power our, multiple thousand dollar computers down yeah to go sit on our fancy you know five hundred thousand dollar house back porch to smoke some legal marijuana perspective <laughs> oh god things could be so much worse it's so bad in this country oh my god we're such a socialist country Everybody's taking our rights so I can't believe they're gonna take my rights away I can't believe it 
Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Duck. It's not that bad. We, <laughs> let's just get out there, vote for what's important to us. And that's, you know, turn this country around and put it in a great direction. Maybe one, I don't even care if it's right or left, Joe, and I'm going to, we'll close the show with this. I don't care if you're right or left. I don't care if you're a liberal, you're a freaking progressive. If you're a, uh, uh, what's the other one? A Republican, a, a conservative. Yep. As long as at one point we can just get along again. That's all I care about. Right, Joe? You and I do it every friggin' day. Every day. When people stop buying the rhetoric that each side is out to destroy America and the people that don't agree with them, and we stop that nonsense, I think things can get back to normal. I, I agree. I do. And on that note, thank you for listening to us. Thank you to our sponsors for Joe Aguirre. I am Jimmy B. God bless and good night. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go up and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com.